They could have been like, these scientists were doing something fishy to back up the mine, and that would have been more believable. At no point did Navarra say like, oh, a sea demon is out there, and she did a big curse. Like, you would have been like, who did what? Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we give our takes on all things TV. Today, actually, it's just me, Jenny. Jess is not here. I've replaced her with a different J-named friend, John. Hi, John. Hey, what's up? I wouldn't say that it's just you here. I'd say that I'm here. But I'm John. Glad to be here. I mean, you might have missed my, my whole quippy introduction where I say, with Jess and Jenny. It's totally possible. What's up? It's Double Take with John. Let's it's, go. it's Double Take with John and Jenny. We're here again to talk about True Detective Night Country, which if you're a longtime Double Take listener, you've known we've already done a few episodes on Night Country and we thought we had closed the chapter, the Night Country chapter. Um, but that's not true. I like complaining more than Jess does. And my friend John also likes complaining. I don't know if you want to be known as the complaining guy. But well, whether or not I want to be, I am. And, you know, it's given me a platform. So let's go with it. Let's lean in. Right. I feel like when we get together, we often talk about television and you just have less of a chance to complain about TV than I do on a regular basis. So I'm glad now's your time to shine. I'd say, yeah, I'm out here complaining and just nobody's recording it. Um, but so I'm just going to do the normal thing I usually do. Today is the day that changes. Huge. Cool. Okay. So for, for the people that don't know you, uh, why are you uniquely qualified to talk about Night Country? I, yeah. So I have shaky credentials as an Arctic scientist, but I am technically one. And so I'd say of all your friends, I'm the most qualified. Once an Arctic scientist, always an Arctic scientist is what I've heard. Truly. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm a PhD student in ecology. Um, I study um, a lot of the words that it said on like the scientist bios on the Salal website. Um, but yeah, I'm like an ecosystem ecologist and biogeochemist. And I think about like carbon and nutrient and pollutant cycling in the environment. Um, and I spent exactly one summer at an Arctic research station. Um, but there's like two of them in Alaska that Salal is clearly based on. And so I can talk a little bit about the science and also a little bit about what's life like up there and how is it maybe just like a little tiny bit different from how it's portrayed in True Detective. Yeah. So one thing you just mentioned, you apparently were looking really closely at the website, like the credentials of the of the scientists, which I absolutely was not. I feel like usually I'm, I'm you know... Looking, looking with a close eye at most TV shows, especially mysteries, trying to figure out what's going on, totally did not care. I was like, this is probably just like gibberish on the screen. I don't need to be paying attention to this. But that being said, there are, okay, I'm going in like two directions here, but, but one, we were talking earlier, and by earlier, I mean not in this podcast many weeks ago about things like Grey's Anatomy, where they actually take they like go to a hospital and talk to mm-hmm. doctors and they're like, hey, what's a scenario in which this could happen so that I can write my scene and this like kind of makes sense. And yes, they blow it out of proportion and not all the stuff on Grey's Anatomy is real, but they at least consult the people that they're writing about. Yeah. And it seems from our like brief conversation a few weeks ago that <laughs> you were under the impression that this could not have been the case just based on some of the things that you saw. And I tried to look, I, I was tried to find any indication online that they talked to any arctic scientists and i could not find a single piece of evidence for or against so yeah i 
I don't know where to start with that, except what on the the bios specifically stood out as like this doesn't make sense for why they're in Alaska or for what they are purported to be, be doing. Yeah, totally. So, okay. Before I get into that, can I just give my like my my blanket general gripe? Literally, yes, which always. Is, yeah, okay. This is my gripe, not just for True Detective, but for how all science is portrayed in like all entertainment media. I'm gonna sit back. Ever. Yeah. Um, and that's I I'm gonna stand by that blanket statement. I'm sure there are no exceptions that people <laughs> can point out to me. Um but yeah, I'm, we just started watching um, Lessons in Chemistry, and I've got the exact same problem with it. So I feel like every show that people are like, this is an all-time classic show, this is really good, is something like, I haven't watched Crazy Natty, but, but like, it sounds like that one, or like, or take like The Wire, or like something where people get really embedded in some sort of subculture or community or profession or something like that, and they really learn like the details of it, like not just the stereotype version of it, but um, like really ask like, what is the language you would use? What are your day-to-day concerns? Like, what are your concerns about like the budget and where it comes from and how that affects your work? Um, And I'm not saying every show needs to be like that, but ones that are really good tend to be like that. And there are certain like fields, certain professions where, people do that really well. Like there are so many like legal dramas or, you know, cop dramas um, or medical dramas where like it really puts you in the, in the world and you believe it. Um, Entertainment too. Like there are so many shows about what is it like to be a writer? What is it like to be an actor? Yeah. With like, and they use like, they use really specific language and trust the audience to understand it. Right. So like, If they're saying like, I don't know, I mean, obviously I'm not in that world, but like, if they're saying like, oh, like I'm in the green room or I'm joining SAG or whatever, like you, they expect you to know what that means. They're not like, I'm going to go to the acting place now. <laughs> like they, they trust you and they don't ever do that with science and you don't have to understand like every detail, but like they could just talk to some scientists, not, not even to be like, Oh, we need to make sure that like every equation on the chalkboard is right. Which like also we're not writing equations on chalkboards, (laughs) but just to be like, Hey, what are you guys like? What do you talk about day to day? What do you do? Like, Mm -hmm. what is it like where you live? Um, And I feel like it'd be so easy to do it. Like they could have called me. I'm, I'm here. (laughs) I'm free. I'm not doing anything. And like, I would have told them like little things could have made it so much more believable. So anyway, that's, that's my big gripe. And True Detective definitely, yeah, they did not talk to any scientists. Yeah. I feel like the difference maybe is their science and shows goes one of two ways. Either it's in like a sci-fi where the science isn't real per se and they're trying to take tidbits of things that you could believe and then sort of just blow them out into like but what if this and so in that case they're not concerned with accuracy in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and then there aren't enough shows like you were saying there are so many like police procedurals and legal dramas a lot of them aren't accurate like I feel like a lot of lawyers are like that's not how it is but then there are enough of them around that there are a few that are really good and show that well and that's not true with with science I think that's exactly yeah 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 Exactly. And again, I could I have Googled, are there exceptions to this before I came on the podcast? Sure. 
but I feel like it's not the norm. And yeah, like it's not like every legal show needs to be that way, but like yeah. it's satisfying that there is some. Part of True Detective Night Country, I feel like there were so many things where they almost did something really well. And if they had, if I had something to glom onto that, like characterization, like character arcs, if the character arcs were just like chef's kiss, I would care much less about some of the like weird science inaccuracies or like other things. But because there was nothing to fully pull me in, I feel like all of the glaring, like, why'd they do that? And why did they do that? Like that was so much more apparent, obviously not as much of the science stuff, was apparent to me yeah. as it was to you. Yeah. But I feel like that's the same thing. Like, or if if they had gone all in and all the science stuff was like actually interesting, maybe people like viewers like you yeah. would have been like, oh, I can overlook some of this other stuff because at least they did that. It was definitely not like brought things to viewers like me, you know, like that was not <laughs> the vibe. Um, but but it was so frustrating too because it seemed like they were going to. And I feel like I I listened to to your your wrap-up episode with with Jess and like I feel like, I guess this is probably everybody's reaction to it, but just like the first episode or two were like, whoa, they're setting up so many cool things here and they're like really going for it in a really compelling way. And that was the first couple of times that they were um, alluding to what's happening at Salal. I was like, I'm all in. Like I stopped and read the the website um, biographies when like those were on screen because I was like, oh, they're really doing it. They're really actually going to get in depth with what was going on here. Mm. Um, and I will say like, and if they wanted to go a sci-fi route and be like, actually the science is just kind of magical, but there's some sort of like internal consistency to it. There's some sort of logic to the universe, like the sci-fi universe that we're building here. Great. I'm all for it. I'm not saying like you have to have actual like that it needs to be that like you are doing the exact kind of science that would be done at that station fine but they didn't do that they weren't like we're intentionally going for sci-fi or i thought they'd say okay we're actually going for like we've really talked to folks who work here and we're really doing like we have actually put on screen the kind of work that would be done in one of these places and they didn't do that either they did this totally lazy middle ground of just like Oh, yeah, they're doing mystery science with science tools. Hey, they found the a really important cure for something that could change the That's world true. somehow. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was <laughs> going to change the world. So, can I? Okay. Yeah. I, I know you probably have other specific grievances, but to that, to the, like the, the kind of generic science that they were doing, is this gripe unfounded? Am I? Do I not understand what permafrost is? I saw all of the ice cores. They've got a lot of ice cores. Does mm-hmm. the, do you need a bunch of ice cores to study permafrost? For sure not. Okay, great. Uh, that's ice. The word that scientists would use for ice would be ice. And like, <laughs> I feel like they could have figured that out. Permafrost is any ground, any like solid ground that stays frozen for more than two years. That's just like that's how it's defined so um yeah if you want like there are lots of times where people take ice cores people would do it usually further north in places that stay frozen and are always ice so they're supposed to be Mm. in alaska and alaska is not covered by an ice sheet like the ice and snow melts in the summer and then you have like plants on soil which is on ground that's that stays frozen but it's not ice. Um, Mm. And yeah, if you usually, if you want to take an ice core, the reason that you would do that is to get some sort of like 
record through deep time. It's what they were claiming they were doing, right? Like you go to a place where the ice has been frozen for hundreds or thousands of years. And so every year as it accumulates, it might be, it might trap um, whatever was the atmosphere in the year that that ice formed or, or something like that. And so you can go back and maybe you want to look at the atmospheric composition or the isotopes of the water um, in different years as you go back through the ice core. Um, but that would be ice in a place that's made of ice. So like we do that in Greenland, we do that in Antarctica, but people don't really do that in Alaska because it melts every year. So you would just be looking at this year's ice and you'd be like, oh, wow, it's air from this year. This year, this is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Which they could have pretended that they were in some like other Alaska that does freeze year round. But then in the last episode, we see that's clearly not true. Like, yeah, there's right. no like ice there anymore. Like, yeah. Okay. Also, in the last episode, they're surrounded by trees, which mm. means they're in the boreal forest, which means they're not in the tundra. There are no trees up there. That's like what makes it the tundra. Get him, John. I will say that's a problem in literally every show, though. Like, okay, I live in Connecticut, and sometimes, like, I watch Gilmore Girls sometimes, and it's really fun but frustrating because every time they're like, we're going out for a drive across Connecticut. They're like clearly in the Hollywood Hills. It's like dry. It's like dry. It's like, you know, like pine trees and scrub and like nothing that looks like New England. And they're like, here we are in the woods. So like, fine. I understand that you can't always film on location. But also like if there's trees there, then it's definitely not an ice sheet. So why do you have these ice cores? And why are they called permafrost? Yeah, I am glad that at least I was... I definitely was like, that doesn't sound right. And I'm not a scientist, but I do surround myself with scientists. So I feel like I have some inkling that that sounds weird. Um, so, okay, that I I mentioned the ice cores. Oh, no, I didn't actually mention that in the last. I, I restrained myself because I knew we would be having this conversation. I had a lot of gripes that I was going to mention to Jess, and I thought she was just going to get annoyed with me. <laughs> the other thing that I did bring up on our final episode were was the geography of like ice caves first of all have you ever been in an ice cave i sure have they're real cool um they wouldn't be there (laughs) that's okay uh well okay that's not entirely true Uh there might be ice caves up there um there is okay let me back up for a second so i understand obviously that this that salal is an amalgamation of different arctic research stations and also with, you know, whatever sci-fi, Jules Verne, Poe influences they want to throw in there, fine, great. No problem. Well. <laughs> there are, there are like, there are like two, um, there are Arctic research stations around the Circumpolar Arctic, but they, these things are expensive um, to run. Usually they're like a big, like government supported, like multi-institutional mission. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to get it. I've got grapes about that later too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> but there's, there are, there are like two in Alaska um, that I think that this, like that it's supposed to be based off of. Um, so there's one, um, the Barrow uh, research station, which is in the town that used to be called Barrows now, Ukiavik. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the northernmost town in the U S Ukiavik. It's got a population of, I want to say like four or 5,000 and it's right on the Arctic ocean. Um, and they study more things like climate and sea ice, um, but there's a variety of research happening anywhere. Um, and then 
Um, the other one, which is the one where I've spent time, is called Tulick Field Station. That's on the north slope of Alaska, um, not too far away, but it's maybe about a couple hundred miles south of the Arctic Ocean, north of the mountains that are called the Brooks Range. Um, and Tulick is right off, of, there's one highway um, that crosses the Alaskan Arctic. Um, it was built to go up to the oil fields at Prudhoe Bay, and it follows the Alaska, the Trans-Alaska Pipeline. Um, if you've seen Ice Road Truckers, that's the road. I haven't, but I appreciate that. Okay, well, is this a TV podcast or what? Yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> review of Ice Road Truckers when? <laughs> anyway, this research station um, opened in like the 70s, and it was enabled by the fact that they built this one road up to the, the oil fields. Um, and so it's right between the mountains and, and the far north coast where those oil fields are. Prudhoe Bay is right on, on the Arctic Ocean coast, too. And so I think that this, I think that Salal is probably supposed to be more so, well, it's hard to say. There are some elements of it that seem more based on Tulik because it's got this dynamic of interaction with a big, I guess technically drilling for oil is mining. So you could call it a mining company, but you know, a big resource extraction company up there. Um, and then I think part of it is based on like the structure of it looks a little bit more like Barrow um, and some of the like, like the fact that they're researching ice stuff is maybe more based on that. Um, Tulik isn't in a town. So I did do, while I was looking at whether or not they had actually consulted any scientists for this, I did see Ennis is clearly a made-up town. There's no town Ennis, Alaska that I'm aware of. Um, But they did base it off of a sort of merge of two cities and and, or maybe research stations. And I can't remember exactly which ones. I should have written those down. Um, But it was sort of like the population of two. they, They made it a bigger town than maybe would have been than the places that they visited in Alaska. Um, and yeah, yeah, sort of like added some elements from both places, which makes sense of why you're getting maybe like some of the elements of the Arctic ocean-based research station and some of the other because they sort of just meshed yeah. two together. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think that like, it's clearly sort of a mashup of a bunch of different remote Arctic Alaskan towns. So maybe it has elements of Nome. Um, maybe it has... The, the, the station and the research have some elements of, um, of Tulik. So, so like I was saying, Tulik is where I spent time. Um, and it's not in a village. It's on an old just material site on the side of the Trans-Alaska Highway. But it's north of some sort of gold rush era settlements in the Brooks Range and also some current Alaska Native villages like Anaktuvik Pass. And then it's south of Prudhoe Bay and the town of Dead Horse, which is where where the big oil fields are. Um, and so there is a big dynamic of this sort of like environmental interest mashed up with resource extraction companies. And there is this interesting sort of codependence between them because the road is maintained in order for trucks to be able to get up to um, the end of the pipeline and to mm. the oil fields. So like there's elements of it that are convincing The the city of Ennis, I think looks a little bit more like Utkiavik, which is a town of a few thousand people. You know, there, there were a couple of, a couple of little things in there that I thought were, were they, they had actually done like some research. So I remember when they were grocery shopping at one point, my thought was like, oof, this is going to be really expensive. Like <laughs> all food, like they don't, you can't grow produce there and everything has to be flown or shipped in. Um, yeah. And then somebody, I forget which character in the grocery store, like Arctic prices, right? And I was like, they nailed it. Like that, <laughs> but like little things like that totally could have done it with the scientists too. And they just didn't. 
Yeah. So, okay. Getting back, we've gone as per usual in our discussions kind of all over the place, but the, the bios, you keep coming back to saying yes. like those really annoyed you. What was it like? What kind of scientists were they? If not, what were they doing? That was, that did not match what the show okay. tried to. Yeah. So the bios actually had me relatively convinced. Like they okay. weren't perfect, but um, I stopped and read. Okay. So this scene is, Maybe it's episode one or two um, when Danvers and Navarro, I think, are at um, are at Salal and they're like, who were these people? What were they doing? Pull up the website and they start reading their bios um, after they already find that everybody's dead. Spoilers. <laughs> so one of the like I took a screenshot of one of the bios just as an example. This one is this one's Ralph Emerson. And they give his email and his website links. I will say they link to his Facebook and his Instagram and not to his Twitter or Google Scholar. But I'm willing to overlook that. Okay, should I just read this? It's kind of dense. <laughs> you could pick out the parts, perhaps, that are the most... I'll go ahead and read the whole thing. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so... Quick editor's note, I will be speeding up John's recitation of the bio. So if you're listening on 2x speed, it's going to sound a little weird for a second. Ralph Emerson, Geology. It says, Ralph Emerson is an expert in molecular phylogenetics and microbial evolution. His research investigates the geobiological context for the complex evolutionary histories of genes involved in horizontal gene transfer, the early evolution of microbial systems and metabolisms, and how the processes have shaped the biogeochemistry and habitability of the planet. His research accomplishments span many eras of, of Earth's history, including the identification of the horizontal gene transfer origin of new methane-producing metabolisms at a time closely linked with the Permian-Triassic mass extinction. Yo, methane's your jam. I could see why you were excited about that. <laughs> I see this and I'm like, okay, I study methane biogeochemistry and microbiology and i was like wow like finally our like this community representation am i right yeah exactly like there's gotta be dozens of us um and so <laughs> i'm like all right i'm all in i'm it's like is it a hundred percent no would that guy call himself a geologist probably not depends which department hired him he'd probably say he was like maybe he'd say a geobiologist I don't think he would really be studying horizontal gene transfer because I'm not sure how you would do that in like ancient, but like maybe he would. And you know what? I don't do molecular phylogenetics. So maybe he's a multi-talented geologist, whatever. It's pretty close. And some of those things are like referencing like actual research that has come out relatively recently. Like, I don't think that was just like chat GPT. Like there's research into was the, the Permian-Triassic extinction or the PT extinction was like the biggest extinction in Earth's history up until maybe now. And um, it was caused by an era of rapid climate change that like some people think was because microbes evolved a new metabolism that led to there being more methane um, produced in the atmosphere um, that warmed the planet. It also had something to do with like changing geology in Siberia. Anyway, like whether or not this is like exactly on on point it's like referencing real ideas and i was like they're going for it they're doing it like mm -hmm. i'm seeing the word biogeochemistry on this guy's <laughs> website this tv show is for me i'm gonna tell my friend and then they don't follow through it and it's so disappointing what did you did you have any sometimes when i see things like this i have ideas of like well if I were writing this or like if I had been consulted I would have gone in this direction like is there anything that would have started to explain is there anything you would have used from their science that you would have been like oh this would have fit really well into the mystery or you were just excited to see where they were going that's interesting 
I was just excited to see where they were going. Got it. Which was I nowhere. Was like, oh, they're do right. Exactly. So they set it up like they were going somewhere thoughtful, where they'd put time into like they put time into writing that, or at least they wrote a really good ChatGPT prompt. Like one way or the other. Yeah. They were careful. Um, and then immediately they like they lose all like any semblance of consistency with that. So. I'm like, great, cool. They're what are like? I don't think we're. I don't think this is going to be a show about biogeochemistry, but like, it's going to be one where they're like, where the scientists have realistic careers, and then, and then the cops start talking to each other, right? And they're like, what were these guys doing? They're doing fancy science words. What does this mean? Did you know these people? Did you know they were here? And like, first of all, and I'll circle back to this. Of course they would have known they're there. It's driving distance from the town and a place where there's almost no roads and there's like 4,000 people. So like, yeah, you knew they were there. But anyway, right. um, they're like, what were these people doing? And then they're reading the website where they're talking about the change in climate and they're like, they were studying climate change. And I'm like, okay. And then like two seconds later, they're like, and they were looking for the origin of life and like the music swells and lens flare. And I'm like, no, you just said they were studying climate change. Like those are two... <laughs> There's people out here looking for the origin of life. That's a, that's, there's plenty of science that does that. That's not what they were doing. They were studying climate change. Why would the origin <laughs> of life be in ice cores? It's Especially longer. ice like, cores that have literally just appeared over the course of this year. It just froze this year. Do you think life originated this year? Are you one year old? <laughs> Man, I don't, but like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just pick something and stick to it. Okay, so they were like, it's climate change. And then they were like, it's the origin of life. And then they were like, no, it's the one mystery cure for all of humanity and the secret bacteria. I'm like, okay. I mean, they have sure, one? fine. <laughs> you just pick one. Like, pick one cure. Michael, like, you're Michael Crichton, you just pick one. It doesn't have to be exactly right, right? You're like, oh, this, I, what, was the Andromeda stream? Was that from an asteroid or from thawing? I, I don't remember. I don't know, right? you're but going like, too far down, oh, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm going too far, but like, they're like, oh, there's, you know, one mystery pathogen in here that'll cause a pandemic. Fine. There could be. People are worried about that in permafrost. We don't know what bacteria are in there, and we might get exposed to new bacteria or viruses that we don't have immunity to when the permafrost thaws. That's scary. Maybe they're trying to stop that. Maybe they're trying to study that. Maybe they're trying to study climate change. Maybe they're trying to study the original life. But it's like five guys, and I promise <laughs> you that they can't do all of those things at once. But they can make a mean burger. I do want to say that even though this specificity didn't quite bother me, it kind of washed over me as in like, okay, they're just saying science words now. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to make sense to me because I'm not picking up on just how disparate these things are. Yeah. But I definitely had the feeling of if there were a more specific thing rather than just like a mystery cure, the, the central conflict of like these guys we don't have to get started into like the actual issues with the plot sure. and stuff. But sure. I was like, I feel like I would care more. It, it feels like these scientists killed Annie spoiler alert for nothing, like for nothing super specific. They didn't really even know what they were like. They didn't really explain how important it was. It sounds like mumbo jumbo. Right. It doesn't sound like right. you could have saved your mother, like whatever. Uh, so the, the for the greater good part just like doesn't sink in. It doesn't feel totally real. And I feel like if they'd not gone for a specific thing, it might have. And any one of those, pick one. Okay, first, let me, important disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, the scientists I know 
would not be murdering people. Like I do not, whatever I say, like, just like, I want to be very clear. I think murdering people is bad. Totally should not be murdering people. But if you want them to be motivated by the greater good, science, like we would care deeply about, like we have a 75 year, like continuous climate record in this place and we need to keep it going. It's important for studying climate change or like, we have this literally just like it doesn't even matter what's it like we have this library full of ice cores permafrost cores whatever they are like this is one of like two or three places in the world that has this really long record and it's the only place where we have it preserved and it's super valuable and it enables people to do like from all across the world to request subsamples and do research and we've devoted our careers to that and we would care about preserving like that like there there are easy ways of motivating mm -hmm. what happened there um, again, you should not be killing people over any of those things. I want to be very, very clear. Um, but like you could, un like it would give them like a motivation with some sort of consistency, right? Some sort of like logic that you can believe. Yeah. Yeah. I got mind gripes too. Mind gripes. There was something else that I wanted to, we can go into mind gripes. Um, no, I, there are just, there are just so many small things that I don't quite understand that they, why they, I mean, I think clearly my biggest gripe that doesn't make any sense is the fact that solstice apparently doesn't exist in this world. <laughs> like the fact that they started yeah. a darkness more than, yeah. And we don't, I've already gotten into this. It's just, why? You're using a different calendar. I don't know. You, what, you're, you're still on the Gregorian? Like it's 2024. It's on me. It's on me. I, if we were supposed to be in an uh, in an alternate universe, maybe, hey, maybe that's what Isa Lopez wanted. She was like, the whole time you thought we were on Earth, your Earth? Think again. Like, maybe that was There's it. actually two interpretations of what planet we could be on. <laughs> and they're very clear, and they both have reasons. Yeah. You just have to look, yeah. at, look at it closely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I have much more that I specifically picked up on that I was like, this seems off. I've got one more big one. But yeah, no. please. The mines? Yeah, the mines. Okay. Um, this one, this one's petty, but... Um, okay. Okay. I'm ready. So there's supposed to be some connection between the research station and the research that, like, has them, like, in bed with each other. Um, you could have done that so many ways. It could have just been, it could have just been a money thing. Like, oh, they, they they falsify our our you know data regarding whatever environmental regulations we have uh and that keeps us running it doesn't have to be also that the mine effluent is making the permafrost easier to drill and so it releases the microbe and you need them like what does that even mean first of all it's way harder to take a core if the permafrost is thawing like now you've got soup like and also you don't want it to be thawed because the whole point is that it preserved these microorganisms so like why do you want the mind to thaw it then what's the whole like like the hardest part of this is not going to be like taking soil samples it'll be like it, like finding the right microbe it, finding whatever is it's like metabolite and like synthesizing that in the way that you can distribute to the world like the hard part of the covid vaccine wasn't like like oh no, we have to figure out the most efficient way to like open refrigerators. Like that's not, that wasn't anyway. Um, but then also I feel like they just gave up with the writing. So like they started being like, here's a whole bio of this biogeochemist where we've like actually read recent research on the PT extinction. Great. And then they're like, 
Yeah, it's the mine's pollution numbers. Their number of pollution was big. It was a really big pollution number, but they said it was a small number. What? Like, what is that? Okay, first of all, are they, like... I'm impressed with your ability to, like, specifically recall lines from the show. (laughs) Well... Word for word. You know, they stuck with me. Um, I, like, are you studying the origin of life? Are you studying secret DNA? Are you studying climate change? Because if you're doing those things, you're probably not, like, an environmental, like, like toxicity consultant who's like looking at the chemical composition of whatever like the mine effluent is Mm. those are different things also when do you have time like i just want to know like are you sieving all these soils yourself are you doing all the pipetting like are you collecting the samples of them like i mean i know these people aren't they're they got a lot of time on their hands sure but like just say a, like the name of a chemical. Like it doesn't even have to be. Just say a name of something, not just the pollution numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but if they had, wouldn't you then have like a gripe with what kind of pollution it so was? So Google a relevant <laughs> one. Like literally, Google yeah. like like mining Alaska common toxic waste, and then like say that one. But they were just like, it's the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's sort of they they started writing. They had a lot of high hopes and dreams. And then they were like, oh, you know, actually we've dug quite a big hole and we don't know how to fix this. Let's, what if, Uh what if science is the answer? Not any Mm -hmm. specific science. Mm -hmm. Just ex machina, like. like, Totally, one with big numbers. Right. They do, they do origin of life and a a magical cure and climate science. I'm just like, and if your answer, like if you were going to lean into supernatural and you were that vague, you were like, oh, a being did magic. And that's what happened. That's kind of how it sounded also. The being did really, okay, fair enough. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that is kind of what they were doing. And neither was great. Neither side, neither potential read on what could have happened. Mm -hmm. I felt Mm -hmm. particularly convinced by. Sure. But at least they were like intentionally mysterious about it. They were like, there's something out there. That's and so they could have done that too. They could have been like, these scientists were doing something fishy to back up the mine. And that would have been more believable. Hmm. But at no point where they were like, like at no point did Navarra say like, oh, a sea demon is out there and she did a big curse. <laughs> like you would have been like, who did what? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, all that said, I haven't asked you, did you enjoy the series? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> Despite all of your gripes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't need to be overly critical about things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make too many comments. I, I, don't need to, I don't need to make any enemies out here, and I am not the right person to ask about, like, was this, like, appropriately respectful to, like, Alaska Native spirituality, or, like, how does the police force work up there? Like, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I, here to complain about the mining numbers. <laughs> and the big ones. Um, yeah, I don't know if you saw, they, there was an announcement that they are doing another True Detective season with Issa Lopez. I have no idea if there's going to be science involved, but... I am free. I am available. I am sitting by the phone. So, you know, happy to help. I'll, I'll let her writing team know. We could find more things to complain about, but I feel like that's a pretty good, <laughs> that's like a, a pretty good number of, it's a big number of things that we've, we've found. I'm sure people would love to hear me complain for 15 minutes about like 
what sort of power supply do they have to the station and are they consistent with that but <laughs> that's for another know, episode we, we we can we can chat offline about that too. that's good thank you for talking and complaining with me further about true detective night country um yeah honestly if there are any other shows that have science in them that you would like to discuss give me a call spoken like the writers and producers could have spoken thank you jenny any old time I don't know. Is there any, I guess I could ask, is there, is there any work you would like to promote? I feel like when, when podcasters have uh, writers or like actors on their podcast, they're like, Oh, what are, what are you currently promoting? What would you like to talk about? Do you have any papers? Oh yeah. 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 Um, I've got uh, a hot new paper on methods for extracting DNA from living wood cores dropping soon. Um, so yeah, follow my Google Scholar, uh, cite that paper, do tree microbiome research. I don't know. What else do people promote? Um, my cat just walked over here. Oh, I'd like to promote her. I this is Autumn, that. and I think that people should just generally support her. And yeah, and I don't know, like listen to the Double Take podcast. Hell yeah. Thanks, John. That's, that's what I was waiting for, that button. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 